This is usually the part that's like awkward with us just talking. And we are live. Yeah, you, uh, you are listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2 Smithville, Providence, or you're tuning in at WJMF.com. Or for our fa viewers on Facebook, welcome in. This is Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Carter Adams. And we got a whole lot to talk about in the sports world. I mean, crazy weekend for the Pats and just everything going on there. Uh, some big news out of the NBA. Stan Van Gundy was named head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. So just a ton to talk about, but let's just jump into it with the NFL. Let's get right into it. I'm so, excited. Yeah, no. So the Pats over the weekend, I mean, you know, we, we weren't really voicing a lot of uh, re really concerns going into this Pats-Broncos game. It really just kind of seemed like they were going to end up just doing business and really just taking it to them. Uh, really was no concern on my part. I it, The Broncos were really just an afterthought with or without Drew Locke. I thought there would be some. I thought there would be some uh, troubles, but it really wasn't Drew Locke, and it was more just the Pats' offense. And I think Cam Newton just really looking rusty that ended up costing him that game. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm in the same mindset as you going into this game. Um, I had no worries. I thought this was about to be a cakewalk, an absolute breeze for Belichick and the Patriots, but um, it was a challenge. And I mean, I think our offense just looked very rusty. Uh, yeah, we looked, things, we looked very pedestrian. Yeah, getting getting back out there. I mean, I know it's probably hard. The offensive line was pretty crippled. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I had no worries, and I was very disappointed with the outcome of the game. But yeah, got to work some kinks out. As was I. I mean, uh, the one thing I will say is that, you know, the defense, uh, the defense you could say held fairly strong. I mean, I don't think they allowed a touchdown all day. The, oh, all all yeah. those 18 points for field goals. I mean, Brandon McManus just had himself a career day for the oh, yeah. for the Broncos yesterday. So all the credit goes all the credit goes to him for that win. I mean, they are he is the reason that the Broncos are are celebrating this win today. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, it's I think that you know the pass just looked incredibly pedestrian. Uh, Cam Newton definitely you know ha had some rust to shake off and. Uh, he didn't do it. Yes, he didn't do it on Sunday's game by any measure. Oh no way! Um, I, I expected him to be a little rusty. I yeah. didn't expect him to be as rusty as he was. Uh, you could argue that it wasn't all of his fault, but yeah. you're right. The de the defense, like the like the rest of the season, um, the defense is showing up. Yeah, and I mean that's that's been pretty impressive for me, especially with, especially with all the um, uh, all the opt outs on that defensive side. I believe Patrick Chung is one of those guys. Uh, Dante Hightower is another one. So, I mean, they've had a ton of opt-outs on that defensive side, and the fact that they've been able to hold strong is, you know, it's a good sign for this Pats team. Yeah. But, you know, uh, with the loss, they dropped to 2-3 and three on the year. Uh, the third place in the, in the division, it's still enough time if, if, you want, if you're still, you know, hoping that they can make a run at the division title. It's still in the hopes that, you know, but they really need to turn it on now. That's the thing, though. Yeah, that's you're right. That is the thing. They do need to start turning on the Jets about now. Yeah. Uh, we're getting towards the, the midseason point. And um, if we want any hope at even a wild card spot, yeah, I mean, it's uh, got to start heating up in New England. I mean, the Dolphins are ahead of us right now, and they and they also and they just had some crazy news in their situation too. We'll get to that in a little oh, bit. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, I mean, there was there was some there was some things to you know kind of smile about if you're a Pats fan towards the end of the game, uh, offensive wise. I mean, we saw the the two trick plays to Edelman. Yeah, uh, he you know he threw that ball to James White across the field. That's oh, a play yeah. that we've seen. Edelman run Edelman run this team. I think that's the third time I've now seen that play live in a game. He re they ran it against the Packers, and I think they ran it against another team, but I can't remember exactly who else. Uh, but it seems to be a play. Uh, it, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers who they also ran it against yeah. on uh, during the opener in 2019. Uh, so I mean, it's a it seems like a very successful play. 
Uh, it gets him a lot of yards. Obviously, obviously that's really only that's really only a play you can pull out like maybe two or three times a year. So I mean that's only going to get you so much. And then they also ran. There was also that Philly special play where oh yeah, uh, Cam Cam looked looked really good on that receiving end. I mean he I thought that for sure when he caught that he was going to go out well shy of the first, but <laughs> uh, he stuck in there and was able to actually get and he was actually able to get the. Uh, the yardage that, that he needed, and, you know, I was really impressed by that. I was shocked when I saw them run a Philly special. Uh, and, I mean, it just shows you, like, how desperate the Pats are for offense, that they're willing to use Cam Newton in any sort of in yeah. any sort of way at this point. No, which... I completely agree when we're talking about trick plays. First team that comes to mind is the New England Patriots, and uh, it was nice to see uh, some of that, that classic, unpredictable Patriots-style football. You really just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the, one thing that I, the one thing that I am disappointed by that with that, though, is that, you know, if you're gonna run trick plays like that, you have to get the win. Definitely. I mean, at, I mean, there was a play, uh, you know, the famous Julian Edelman pass that is now engraved in the minds of so many Pats fans. Uh, that was run, yeah, it was run the 2014 AFC Divisional game against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Pats had actually run, actually ran that same formation and same play earlier in the season. They ran it in the blowout loss to the Chiefs uh, down in, down in Arrowhead, uh, you know, during that slaughter where Jimmy Garoppolo even got in the game at that point. Yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, there, I, there, but the difference in that play, though, when they ran it with uh, Edelman, is that when they when they did the pass to Edelman, there was an opt out of the play where uh, he could, where he basically was able to just, t- where you know, instead of just going for the pass, uh, Brady managed to find, I think it was uh, Brandon LaFell across the middle instead of going to Edelman on on that back route looking for you know the double pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like when seeing something like that, if the if I mean it worked on the it worked on the Philly special plan it worked on that I just wish that they had you know opted to something else there because I feel like you know you're emptying your bag of tricks in a game that you shouldn't have needed to yeah you're just more predictable after you use up those trick plays and I agree you got to get the win if you're pulling those out of the back pocket and I mean predictable isn't something I like to throw around with Bill Belichick because I mean he will pull anything out to any, anything out to get yeah. a win so I'm not going to say that there's nothing left in his bag of tricks. Uh, but I mean, those are two solid plays that seem to get you yardage, and you know that's not what your offense is really, you know, based around. And, it, and it's like when you when you use those against a team that you didn't, that you probably weren't anticipating to. Uh, if you if you do manage to get to a playoff spot, uh, which I mean, it's possible at this point if they can really turn it around, uh, and with the, and with the production you've seen out of some of these guys. But if but if those tr- plays aren't there and you can't get that that cr- that uh, critical first down, then I mean it's just gonna. I feel like that's gonna come back to haunt you later in the season. Definitely, because you're right. It, it makes. I know you don't like to use the word predictable with Bill Belichick, but it does make you more predictable when yeah. you're just essentially wasting plays like that, ones of great caliber that can get you so many yards. But um, I know we started talking a little bit about Miami. Yeah, I want to so, shift over to that situation. Yeah, I mean, so the Miami Dolphins, uh, they're currently 3-3 three and three in the division. They're second behind the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, actually managed to beat out the Patriots to that second spot. We haven't seen Miami really in this close of, of competitiveness since really 2008 when Brady went down with an ACL and they took the yeah. division. Uh, you know, they're, they're seeming to look really solid, uh, but they decided to make the change that, uh, from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's now going to be Tua Tango Viola uh, taking over at QB for them. Uh, I thought this was—I thought this move came a little uh, sooner than sooner than I thought they were oh, going to do. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that if Tua can get them the production that that they want, then that's great. But I thought the reason they were going to keep this guy on the on the sidelines, uh, some people were even talking originally keeping him on the sidelines for an entire year, was because of that. It was because of that hip injury that some people even thought could have been career threatening. Yeah. And I mean, I am worried about you know how he, how he's going to do. Is it, 
does he have the time off? I I don't. I mean, Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick guy. He does have he does have a good head on his shoulder, so I feel like he is gonna look at Tua and say, if this guy isn't ready, I'm not gonna play him. But uh, you know, if he feels that he's good to go, then I am excited for what the Dolphins can do. But I am, I, but I I'm also wondering, like you ha- you do have some momentum, kind of with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Is is now the right time to shy away from that or? Or should like or should have uh, another loss, which you know having four losses on the season, it's not going to cripple you. So I'm just I am kind of concerned about that. I I don't know if if they should have yeah. just tried, just tried to ride the momentum a little longer. I 100% thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to have at least a full season with that team before before two is. Now I didn't would think... replace him. It, it was going to happen at some point, but yeah. it's I not like Fitzpatrick looked bad. You know he he looked actually pretty solid for what you expect out of a Ryan Fitzpatrick football team. Uh, I mean, I thought that Tua would probably get in. I, I I knew some people were talking about a full season of of no Tua. I wasn't really buying that. I did think that he would get in at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that would be around like more more past the trade deadline mm-hmm. in the season. I thought it would have been around maybe week eleven, week twelve. I think yeah. they're facing the Bengals in, in right. one of those weeks. Yeah, but clearly the Dolphins sort of team, the Dolphins but... are ready to pull the trigger and start trying to actually execute. And uh, if Brian Flores thinks that Tua is going to give him the best shot at doing that, then can't disagree with him. I mean, Tua's a great player. We saw it in college. Uh, the fact that he was drafted um, with an injury was just super unfortunate. And if he got his, his time on the bench and his time being mentored that he need to that he needed to have, I mean, I see no reason why he couldn't be ready now. Yeah, I mean, if he if he's good to go, then I think the Dolphins can really go places with this team. But I just hope that they I just hope that they didn't pull the trigger too soon and 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 potentially impact this guy's career for years to come. Yeah, let's ho- let's hope he's actually healthy. Yeah, I mean, if that hip is if that hip is still nagging, then this could be a this is going to be a problem that is going to you know yeah. carry with him for the rest of his career. And, and that's why I thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick had at least a full season is because that that hip injury. I don't know the specifics of it, but I know it was bad. It yeah. was bad enough to put it, him out. It was. I mean, he was having nagging injuries with Alabama before that, but it was almost just like. Oh, he's he's not injured. He's hurt, and there's always that comparison of if you're hurt, you can go out there and play. If you're injured, you're injured, and you're basically on a list, and yeah. you're not eligible for that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tua was playing injured. No, you're he, right. He wasn't yeah. playing hurt in those games. He was playing. He injured. was injured, and, and, and Nick Saban tr- definitely drained the most he could out of that yeah, guy. Yeah, knowing that, hey, I'm gonna, hey, this this might this is like one of the best QB prospects I've had. You know, I mean, you can make the argument with Jalen Hurts as well, but this is one of the better QB prospects Alabama's had. Which, you know, Alabama. Uh, for all the talent they've had, QB has been one of the ones that they've been lacking in. Yeah, I mean, AJ McCarron, uh, solid QB in college, but really hasn't has never had the chance solid to translate back up in the NFL. Yeah, never has really had the ability to translate translate yeah. to the NFL. In terms of having like really you know top NFL talent, uh, Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts will have to wait and see. Uh, you know what if he ever gets a real shot in Philly, but Tua is probably that. Two is really kind of one of those first guys that uh, Saban has had at least at least at this level. I, I yeah, think. this guy has shown so much potential. I mean, watching some of his highlights in college, he is able to. He's a magician on the field. I mean, the guy is he's big. Uh, he's got a hell of an arm. Yeah, and um, he seems like he be he'd be cut out to be a very good leader too. And yeah, I, I mean, can tell from his interviews and everything. He's a very classy guy. He's, yeah, he's, very he's someone who would who I would want. Uh, running my football team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a great face for the he's a great face for the franchise. Uh, for a young kid, he's already very mature. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I I think that he's a great I think that he's a great prospect for Miami. Uh, I again, I'm just hoping that 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 hip injury, you know, less than a year removed, is not an issue. Yeah, because, that's really the only get, thing. Because he had to get really serious surgery in order 
to in order to basically you know be back to where he is right now. Yeah, that, that's the only concern I have with Tua is the injury, and if he can if he can continue to stay healthy and work towards overcoming that. I mean, go go him. Yeah, I mean there was a play in that in that Miami game. Uh, he had a, he uh, he actually went two for two. I think he is currently you know. 100% passing. Yeah, he, I mean, he came in with like two minutes left or something like that in the game. Yeah, Marino Marino doesn't have 100% passing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but, uh, you know, there there was a play where he did have to test his legs. Uh, it was for his first NFL career pass. Uh, had a roll out into the end zone, typical uh, to a play. Uh, and he looked solid. So, I mean, if, if he can consistently do that, then I think the Dolphins are going to be in good shape. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, you know, another, uh, let's see. Uh, another uh, issue going on uh, in the NFL, uh, at least uh, you know, legitimacy-wise, we're talking about can, if the Dolphins uh, with Tua can make a run. We're seeing if the Pats can uh, get out of this rut and do it. Yep. Uh, a team that's you know really performing to high expectations this year that I thought could have taken a step back and you know uh, just barring the success of their quarterback has has really just been the Tennessee Titans. Uh they're 5 and 0 on the year right now. Mm-hmm. Uh Ryan Tannehill is, is doing solid right now. I know he I think he had a bat, I think he had a little bit of a battle with COVID. Uh he seems to be going back and strong now. Derrick Henry looks like looks like the Derrick Henry of last year. Uh you know, they seem to be really hitting their stride right now. Uh do you think the Tennessee Titans are le- are a legit contender in the AFC? Yeah, I really do. I had the same concerns going into this season that you did. Uh, you don't know if a team like the Tennessee Titans that makes a like a miracle playoff run the year before, you don't know if they're going to come back stronger than ever. But yeah, this I'm, team has proven to do so. Yeah, and and believe and stronger than ever. I mean, they look like a better football team than last year. I know they had a little bit of a surge at the end of yeah. last year, but they look like actual top dogs in that in that division, which yep. I wasn't expecting out of them. I thought that you know T- Tannehill would revert would re- uh, you know revert to the Tannehill of Miami, mm-hmm. where you know there are just a lot of struggles, but. He has really managed to find himself a second home in, in, really in Tennessee, and he yeah. has really just reinvented the story of his career. And the way I mean, that I thought that he, yeah. I thought that he was just going to completely go down the drain, but Mike Vrabel <laughs> yeah. has been able to salvage that guy. Yeah, and that's the, insane. Exactly what I was going to get at. the uh, The Titans handled the off season, the front office handled the off season extremely well. They didn't spend any stupid money like you see some of these other teams spending. Um, yeah, they they were able to reclaim the the majority of their team. Their defense still looks solid. I mean, th- this Titans team could be could be a powerhouse for a long time. Yeah, I'm actually seeing a comment in in the thing sent in our chat saying that the Titans are 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 like the Patriots 2.0. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go to that go to that uh comparison. I mean, I I do see where you know they're building a formidable defense. I mean, yeah. you got you do have a lot of you know former Patriots on mm-hmm. that team. You got Logan Ryan. You got uh you got Malcolm Butler uh leading leading the squad over there. Uh, in terms of them being the Patriots in a way, though, I don't necessarily see that. Uh, basic, mostly just based on the personality of Mike Vrabel. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Belichick is a very professional guy. Mike yeah. Vrabel just is the exact opposite yeah. of that. I do, I do think this Titans team is the closest thing we've we've seen, maybe. Yeah, maybe showing hope at being something like the Patriots yeah, a fundam- in the future. A, fend- a fundamentally strong team with yeah. a with a with a coach who really cares about his players. Uh, I mean. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the Chiefs, but I really don't see that. Uh, when you Chiefs talk- are a super team. The yeah. Patriots have never been a super yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2007, you can make the case. You can make the case, but uh, we're... But, I mean, the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are are actually a, a very differently built team than, than the Patriots. I mean, the Pats have always tried to have a strong defense, and then whatever happens on offense is just a bonus, essentially, to them. Not in 2007. Uh, 
well, that was the caveat. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you think of that 2014 Patriots team. I mean, they made the Super Bowl with Brandon LaFell as a, as a solid receiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LaFell was just a backup in Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so when they have guys like Edelman and Gronk who, you know, became, you know, great weapons for that team, they were able to thrive. Mm-hmm. And even when they didn't, and, they, and Brady was throwing to guys like uh, Aaron Dobson and, you know, you know, Kendrell Tompkins, he was able to take a team like that to the AFC Championship game. So, I mean, you know, it, it's really just been whatever they can get on defense is, you know, the best possible scenario. And then whatever comes on offense is secondary. And that's very similar to what we are seeing in Tennessee. Yep. Uh, you know, I would, you know, and then, you know, that, that uh, you know, contrasts what we're seeing in Casey where their defense really isn't as strong and it's just a, a super-powered, uh, you know, high-flying offense. Yeah. You, can, you can make the argument that the Kansas City Chiefs are, are far from a super team until that Le'Veon Bell signing. Yeah, I mean, that Le'Veon Bell signing just yeah. put them over the top. But, but right now, they're looking more like the NFL's version of like a Golden State Warriors-type team. Yeah, where it's just first... absolutely stacked, and they show no sign of slowing down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be – the Chiefs have just been, you know, killing it. I mean, I, I can't believe that Le'Veon Bell, you know, ended up getting that deal from the Chiefs. I mean, they're just – I mean, if you couldn't have thought that they had – that they couldn't have get, gotten any more weapons, uh, we were <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, that, what a, just what a move. Yeah, what a move. Yeah, uh, you know, th- another another a team that we're wondering if you know their legitimacy is real is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're also currently five and zero, but they're in the same division as the Baltimore Ravens with the reigning league MVP, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Ravens are currently five and one, so they have played an extra game. Uh, do you think that? Do you think that Pittsburgh, uh, with an aging Big Ben in that roster, do you think they can hang with this Baltimore Ravens team, or do you think that you know Lamar Jackson is going to have the last word? Yeah, uh, they play each other twice this year, right? Yeah, so they're playing, uh, they're playing November first, and they're also playing November twenty sixth. I really do think the Steelers can hang. I think, I think Baltimore takes one of those games, and I think Pittsburgh takes the other one. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, they they look very solid. I mean, yeah. Big Ben. Um, it, it makes it makes complete sense to me that he would try to come out at least one more solid year and just try to ball with the Steelers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like they're bad. They have they have a lot of weapons still, and um, their team for the most part is pretty young. So it doesn't surprise me that outside uh, of the quarterback, outside but, of the obviously, but yeah, yeah, but it doesn't surprise me that Mike Tomlin would try to come out and get the most out of this guy. Yeah, I mean. Saying that the team is young, I 100% agree with you mm. there. I, I mean, that also can be an issue, though, if, you know, young being young can also, you know, equal inexperience. Yeah. Uh, if if this team, if Mike Tomlin can get the most out of these guys, then I'd say, you know, go for it. But, uh, you know, if they do start to mm-hmm. show signs of that inexperience, yeah. I think Baltimore is just going to take, and I think Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. could very well take it and to you the say, next level. You say young as, as being a bad thing. Uh, I think – in this case, again, when you're facing the Ravens this season, you're right, and experience comes over everything else. But uh, for the future, I mean, why not have at least one solid year of a veteran quarterback, Super Bowl champ, throwing your your young guys? Yeah, true. I mean, I 100% agree with you there. I yeah, mean, it's I a mean, good way to learn. Cannot hurt whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you know, another, uh, you know, a team that we're also uh, keeping tabs on right now is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, recent recent story uh, for them is that apparently they're you know looking at you know possibly moving to LSU's Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's only about 80 miles up the road for them. Uh, this is basically a way so the Saints can get fans in the stands for them. Uh, they have you know not been able to do that because New Orleans uh, because one they play in an indoor stadium and two the New Orleans mayor uh, has you know imposed sanctions that are must that are much more strict than the rest of the entire state. 
So do you think that the I mean the Saints are currently second second in the division right now? They're trailing the Bucks and that and that new Tom Brady squad. Uh, do you think that they? Do you think this is a move that's you know going to help them, or do you think this is just you know them just really kind of just stretching for something? Yeah, I mean fans definitely can't hurt, but uh, re- relocating that that can hurt. Yeah, uh, I mean from what I heard from Sean Payton, uh, the players do seem uh, on board with the idea of it. Yeah. So I that that is something I oh, am I'm sure coming by. from a player standpoint, especially if you're a New Orleans Saint playing in the Superdome, you're used to that that crowd noise, and it's yeah. got to be weird when you don't have it there. So I can see why the players would want to move. Yeah. So I mean I, I do find it interesting. I think that if the I think that if the players can get into the, into that into that situation, uh, good things can happen for them. But yep. uh, I don't know. I think that it, I feel like they could come into some conflicts mm-hmm. with LSU being in that being in that area. Uh, you know, anywhere the Saints are in Louisiana, they're gonna draw those fans. So mm-hmm. uh, if if Peyton's on board with it and the players are on board with it, I'd say go for it. Yeah, it, it can't be. It can't hurt, especially if most of the players are on board. But yeah. it, it's tough to predict something like this, like what the outcome of something like this, because um, it unfortunately has a, a lot more of a, like a political effect. Rather yeah, than just, I mean, just football. Yeah, it's more. It's it's literally more than just football at this yeah. point. I mean, it is the idea of you know national health and you yep. know can and really just can these guys stay on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some serious questions behind that. Uh, some other, some other, you know, back to football kind of related questions. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys just got a completely obliterated on Monday Night Football by Kyler by Kyler Murray and the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cowboys dropped dropped the game uh, thirty eight to ten. Uh, Kyler and Kyler and the Cards just had a day with them. I mean, you know, he there was an insane touchdown pass that he had to Christian Kirk. I believe it was an, I believe it was an eighty yard touchdown pass. Uh, Andy Dalton just I think he had two picks in that game. Really just couldn't get it together with not them. his best performance no not by any measure of it uh the cowboys are currently two and four right now but the caveat to that is that they are first in the nfc east because that division is just awful yeah so you know the question i think that are on a lot of people's minds is should the cowboys just tank and for the rest of the should the cowboys really kind of just phone it in and uh basically just try to get a high uh you know a high grade uh draft pick or should they you know say you know we're uh, we're in a terrible division. Uh, let's see how, let's see how we can do. Uh, even though even though uh, Dalton isn't gonna probably be the guy for our future. That's gonna be Dak when he does get back on the mm-hmm. field healthy. Uh, we're but we're gonna try to ride this thing out and see. You know maybe a miracle can happen. Should they you know pray? Should they try to go for that miracle or should they just you know uh, just basically you know just go with the safe go with the safe. Yeah, when we're to, when we're talking about the two yeah. decisions they have, uh, I think I think. The majority of it depends on Andy Dalton. I think you're Andy Dalton in this situation. You got to be thinking, okay, I'm I'm put into this situation where starting quarterback gets injured, and I have more weapons around me than I've ever had in my entire career. This yeah. is this is the season that will make or break Andy Dalton as a player, and this is the season that will decide if Cowboys will try to tank or if they will be, like some people say, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> I mean, I. I I'm gonna steer away from from that being an option because yeah. I really just don't think that will happen. I mean, I don't um, see I don't see Andy Dalton being Nick Foles with this team. Oh but... no way! But but he still has a shot to prove himself, and even if that goes beyond this season, I'd like to see him still uh, still be respected as a player. And I think that that's gonna come from this year. But in terms of the Cowboys, I really I really don't see Andy Dalton actually getting it done. And yeah, no. I mean, I, I I've it. never really seen that level of consistency out of Dalton and. Uh, in in my days of watching the NFL, yeah, I mean he's got talent. 
Yeah, I mean he he's I mean he's I mean he's called the Red Rifle for a reason. He's yeah. got a hell of an arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I just don't think that I just don't think that he's going to be able to get it done. I even, don't think he will either. Even though that he has a ton of talent, I I mm-hmm. do I kind of look at this like this chance for him. It's very similar, in my opinion, to the to the chance that uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater got when when um uh, when Drew Brees went down against the L.A. Rams a couple of uh, actually last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know Dalton didn't have like a devastating injury; he just got benched for being bad. Exactly. Well, so I don't know if he got benched for well, he got benched for being bad. But and, part and of the, that and can they go, were also trying to tank. Exactly, part of that could go uh, towards the fault of the organization. Yeah. But. So I mean, the Cowboys they have a, they do have a. Uh, they do have a ton of weapons. Uh, you know, they got Cooper, they got uh, they got Gallup, they got C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. So I mean, they are loaded and they are poised. I think that you know, in that weak division, they are clearly the best team. Uh, you know, I don't think the Giants are going to be able, are be able, gonna be able to keep up with them. I don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles will be able to do that either. Uh, but you know, I would say that I would. I honestly am on. I'm honestly on the idea of just you know what, go for it. I mean. You know, at this point, you really have nothing to lose, and yes. you know, even I am thinking at this point, if you do tank, there are there are, there are already going to be two other teams, maybe even maybe maybe even the other three, are probably going to end up having higher draft picks than you, anyways. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Andy Dalton. Uh, he's got to be having a field day with this offense if he wants a shot. Yeah, uh, I, I like the Teddy Bridgewater comparison because I I would compare it to that. Uh, Andy Dalton's getting thrown into this situation, and if he proves himself, he could potentially find himself a uh, a home elsewhere, or maybe even a home on the Cowboys. But he's fighting for a home in general. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is really probably Andy Dalton's last stand. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I would say that I would I, that might be a little extreme. I mean, we're still seeing guys like Blake Bortles get a shot. Yeah, and I mean, Andy Dalton, yeah. Andy Dalton is clearly shot, better, but not really a home. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, yeah, true. Not really a home, but mm-hmm. so I think that uh, even if Andy Dalton doesn't pan out in Dallas, it won't be the last that we hear of him. But yep. uh, to really be a a centerpiece quarterback on a team, yes, I agree with you. This is his last stand. No, you're right. And um, I also have heard a lot about the coaches, the coaching staff being extremely unprepared and receiving a lot of backlash from the players in Dallas. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I know Mike McCarthy had a tough exit from from Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers really wasn't, uh, really just wasn't vibing with him at the end. Yep. It, it didn't seem like they, you know, uh, were too were too on board with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were reports of Aaron basically just, you know, completely ignoring his play calls and just calling other plays in the huddle. Yep. Uh, so if if a rift is starting to, you know, begin in Dallas, uh, that could just be evident of the fact that Mike McCarthy's coaching style just really doesn't fit in this NFL offense. It doesn't really fit with the NFL anymore. Yeah, I really hope it's some. I really hope it's something like that because. If the coaches are extremely unprepared, like the players are saying, that's so unfortunate, especially for Andy Dalton, who we've been talking about. He's not he's not really getting the fairest of chances if his coaches are unprepared. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, is a Super Bowl winning Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, hell, of a, hell, you know, a ton of respect goes out to him for you know being able to do that. But uh, you know, if if you know, he, but he won that Super Bowl ten years ago in the NFL. You know, players in the game is much different than it was you know a decade ago. Yeah. So if you know if his coaching style is added is is outdated, uh, then I and then you know I mean, the Cowboys are at least gonna stick with him for you know, probably if they're going at you know Jason Garrett's record they'll stick with him for another twenty years. Yeah. Uh, but you know who who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see. Uh, the Cowboys aren't aren't quick to usually get rid of coaches. I, again, I was mm-hmm. saying Jason Garrett stayed with that team. 
Uh, way too long. Way too long. It was long way overdue for a change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think Mike McCarthy is going to be safer than he would be on a lot of other teams. Uh, but with the start that he's having to this year, uh, you know, not looking good for the Cowboys. But, uh, you know, they do have that benefit of being in a terrible, terrible division. Yeah. I mean, last season, seasons prior, we saw Jason Garrett coaching basically for his job. He wasn't, he wasn't coaching like an actual head coach. Well, he we would have thought he was coaching for his job, but... Jerry Jones would just hire him back and, and just and just say, "Hey, he's my boy. I'm gonna, exactly. I'm gonna bring him back." Yeah, uh, he's he's always seemed like he like he's been coaching for his job. And Mike McCarthy really has the chance to go out there and actually you use his freedom as a coach to to do whatever he wants with this team and uh and show Jerry Jones the best sign at keeping him around. Yeah, but well, um, and I think at this point Mike McCarthy just has to be praying that basically just has to be praying that you know uh, jerry jones has already taken a liking to him which you know is just going to preserve his career in dallas even with or without the success if it's anything like the jason garrett situation we're going to see mike mccarthy show just the slightest bit of hope and then jerry jones will get attached to that and yeah it'll be a cycle if he puts it if he puts together a good if he puts together you know a good win against a comparable nfl team in in a late in a late season game that's all. That's all. It's really going to be for Jerry Jones. I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit Jerry Jones. He's been able to put great teams together in the past, uh, but when it comes to evaluating the coaching staff on his team, he has, you know, been lacking, and he's been lacking recently. Yeah, you're right. It's a business. He's getting the job done. Might as well keep him keep him around, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the final story we have in NFL is that you know uh, Antonio Brown, the, the, dy- the dynamic receiver and the dynamic personality himself. Uh, he's currently, you know, he's about to get off uh, his eight-game suspension for just a whole slew of things. Uh, you know, there was a, there was, you know, some domestic violence claims. There was just a whole bunch of stuff going into that. Yeah, a few arrests and yeah. There. So I mean, yeah, his <laughs> his record over that time with the Raiders and that in that one-game stint with the Patriots uh, was wild to say the least. So uh, it's it's, uh, but right now I guess that the Seattle Seahawks uh, are currently the front runners to sign him. And frankly, yeah. I don't think that there's a better place that he could go. Yeah. Uh, before we proceed talking about Antonio Brown in any way, shape, or form, yeah. I'd like to reiterate how, how how legendary I think it is that Antonio Brown played one game in New England last year, caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady, and then completely dipped. Yeah, I mean, he, it, he compl- it, I mean, the absolute just you know circus that he put on yeah. in, in Oakland at the time. Uh, you know, I mean for. For you know the Oakland Raiders last season yeah. uh, in Oakland, I mean, you know what a just what a clown show that guy <laughs> yeah. put on. I mean, he was celebrating when he was celebrating after finally getting released, uh, uh, basically almost like he was literally because he was trying to. Uh, and you know, just like I remember the cryotherapy showing up in. Uh, there was like, didn't he show up to like camp in like a balloon or something? Like he did, like he did <laughs> something some, like that. A banana like, boat. <laughs> something stupid. I yeah. mean, I mean, he just did a lot of just ridiculous stuff. And, yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> you think coming to New England was one of those ridiculous stunts of his? I mean, he he's just on the list of, of receivers that Brady's thrown a touchdown to pass to now. Yeah. I mean, it was really just another stat for Brady. But yeah. Uh, I and, don't know. And he can say that Antonio Brown is on that list. It's. It's still wild, wild. Yeah, it baffles and, my mind. And I think that if if he had been able to stay with that Patriots team, we would have been looking at a very different ending to that season. Hundred percent. I mean, um, yeah, very different ending to that. Season. I don't think I don't think we're going out in the wild card, and I don't even think we're gonna. I don't even think we would have been a wild card team. You think you think that Brady A B connection is just too strong? I think it would have at least helped us, you know, not be a wild card team. And I think we yeah. could have at least, you know, gone thirteen and three and beat mm-hmm. that Miami Dolphins team in that last game. Of oh, the year. De- oh, we easily. Could so that's have. what I. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. 
Uh, but but you know, I it, think taking some time off from the league was definitely crucial for Antonio Brown's mental health. And if and frankly, I think that the Seattle Seahawks are, are literally the perfect place for him to go. Oh, you're right. They're pe- known for taking guys like this in. And yeah, because I mean, you know, Bill Belichick has been able to take personalities like A. B. in, and he and usually what he does is he can you know usually you know t- tune out and, and usually work out the bad kinks in, in a guy's personality like that. He's done it with a key to leave. He's done it with a whole bunch of guys. Uh, Legarrette Blunt had had some issues yeah. before he got to New England. Uh, and they and they, he's just been able to really just like you know take them down to you know the players and you know the good aspects of their personality. Josh Gordon, yeah, Josh Gordon's another one. Uh, and he and Bill Belichick could really just get the most out of those guys. Uh, Seattle, Seattle does something very similar, but instead of like stripping those negative personalities, uh, they don't they don't necessarily you know remove them, but they almost try to find a way for it to work with their to work with their environment. Exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if A.B. takes his first steps into that Seattle training facility with a camera crew and Pete Carroll sees it, while Bill Belichick would say, hey, get out of my training facility with that yeah. camera crew. Pete Carroll's going to say, okay, you have a home here. You can be yourself. If you, if you can execute on your personal needs, you're going to be able to play better. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it. I think that it's a good home for him, but yeah. I guess – but uh, people are – apparently there are, you know, rumors that the, that the Seahawks aren't the only team – uh, looking at AB, but frankly, yeah. uh, they're the best fit. Yeah, they're the best fit. I don't think I don't think Bill's gonna you know ever look at him again. Uh, you know, I I I I think it wouldn't hurt, especially with how lacking we are on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, but I think after the stunt that he pulled in New England, I don't think that he'll be coming back. Yeah, there's no way. Soon, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, but that's really all we have in the NFL uh, so far. But you know, in the NBA, we also have some big news as well. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, the uh, you know named their head named their next head coach, uh, Sam Van Gundy was uh, signed to a four-year deal. Van Gundy is 61 years old. He has a career. He has a regular season record of 523 and 384, and a postseason record of 40 of 48 and 48 and 43. Uh, he is uh, most notorious for bringing the Orlando Magic to the NBA Finals in 2009 with uh, you know helping that Dwight Howard squad. Uh, do you, I mean, Van Gundy is kind of an old school. Is actually really just is an old school Very, guy. He is yep. he's a get up in your face. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not going to be coddling you. Uh, for a guy like Zion Williams, do you think this is? I, I'm I'm really not 100 percent sure if this is the type of guy uh, that that you know that you know should be taken over for the Pelican squad and trying to you know get the best out of Zion. But I could I I can understand it. I mean. It could just be like a you know a kick in the pants for Zion and just and you know hopefully you know fire him yeah. up and and the idea could be you know a pissed off Zion mm-hmm. could be you know maybe the Zion you want to see yeah but if but if Zion gets too pissed he's not going to end up liking New Orleans and he's going to end up leaving yeah so, um, so I mean I think it's a good balance and I think and I think that Van Gundy needs to find that balance otherwise yeah it could be disastrous the league and the Pelicans have all shown that that Zion Williamson is pretty much the future. Yeah, uh, he shows so much potential. I mean, this guy has his own sneaker deal before. He's already on the cover before. of NBA 2K exactly. for the next generation but, yeah. of consoles. His, I mean, his hype is is absurd. I mean, he he hasn't he hasn't come out in his rookie year and, and balled nearly to the point that he should have been to receive that hype. Also, I don't think uh, it was there was there were injury concerns that I could say injury concerns, say, but he know, still did that for the most rookie part, but, year. I've never seen another rookie with so much hype, but such little execution on that hype. Yeah. With that said, I think Stan Van Gundy is the perfect fit in yeah. New Orleans. Like you said, he's he's a very in-your-face, old-school type coach, and I think uh, that will honestly bring out the most in Zion's potential because yeah. uh, 
like I said, his hype is his hype surrounding him is is way higher than what he's actually left in the NBA yeah. at this point. I'm and just hoping that that's the type of, that that's the type of guy Zion is because I mean, so many of these NBA players at this point are so soft. Yeah, and you know, all of them just want to be coddled by a player coach. Yeah, uh, fire you know, that guy up. I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to see some aggressiveness in the NBA, and yeah. perfect opportunity. And perfect I mean, guy. I mean, yeah, and if if Zion is kind of is kind of that guy who. You know he is that he's kind of a bulldog like that, and you know if you can if you know Stan Van Gundy getting in his face and just telling him, hey, you're gonna do things my way, and you know we're gonna be successful doing this. Uh, if that's how Zion thrives, and that's gonna be awesome for him because you know he's gonna be he's gonna be you know just passionate about you know coming out there and really doing yeah. his thing. Uh, I just hope that that is that that is his personality and not someone who you know needs needs their coach to needs their coach to tuck him in at night. Yeah, I mean passionate about being being good but passionate about being in new orleans too i mean yeah. i don't think i don't think we've seen a lot of that in the past from from any new orleans player yeah i mean anthony davis even even decided that he was yeah it there. i mean i mean everyone there's no passion in being there i mean lonzo ball even you don't you, i mean he's shown signs of improving but it's not like you hear his name all the time like he was in la i mean even i mean new orleans even sucked the life out of lavar ball i mean you don't hear from him anymore either. exactly yeah so, so I mean, it'll be nice to see someone uh, hopefully get some sort of pride from playing in New Orleans. I mean, start this guy. There's so many branding opportunities moving forward. Absolutely. And perfect opportunity. I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, if if Van Gundy can get it done, then I think good things can happen. Uh, but, you know, we're it's going to be tough because, I mean, you know, you ha you've had a lot of guys, you know, just end up leaving that, t leaving, you know, that franchise. Uh, you've had Chris Paul who, you know, uh, he, back when they were the New Orleans Hornets, obviously they moved to Charlotte, but and it's not the same franchise anymore. Yep. But you know, uh, you know, New Orleans has had a tough time holding on to stars like that. So uh, I am wondering what's going to happen. Uh, you know, one of the one of the New Orleans stars that did leave was Anthony Davis. He paired up with LeBron yeah. on that Lakers squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took on the title this year. Really, just you know, dominated in, in the bubble. Yeah. I thought the Clippers were going to give them a battle, but you know, they just completely, you know. You just completely keeled over. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very disappointing to see out of them. But uh, you know, the Lakers seem to look like they're going to try to you know maybe you know get a a little mini dynasty going. You know, dynasties are usually around three championships. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you think? Uh, and it's kind of begging the question right now: Should the Lakers really kind of just keep the squad together with, in, especially with the young guys, and try to you know build for it? Or should they just say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna you know not really blow it up, but instead but instead kind of trade away some of these younger guys and, you know, really gun for a super team. And, you know, a lot of people are possibly talking about the – talking about guys like a banana boat squad, like get, trying to get a CP3 and a, and a Mellow to make LeBron happy. Yeah. Uh, they're – you know, a lot of people uh, – I saw a thing on ESPN, I believe it was, or, you know, Fox Sports, I'm not 100% sure. And they were basically saying after the finals Kyle Kuzma had, yeah. uh, trade him for whatever you can get. So no, I really I do agree with that. I mean, yeah, Lakers fans hate Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, there, I mean, was, there was even a petition that that was signed by by Lakers fans that that uh, they didn't want Kyle Kuzma to get his his championship ring. Oh my God, ridiculous! I mean, yeah, I mean that the amount of Kyle Kuzma hate that has come out of L.A. has been kind of ridiculous because I mean he did come onto the scene and was really solid, but uh, you know ha a lot of people. Uh, in the beginning, thought that Kuzma might have had a higher ceiling than Jason Tatum at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that clearly, I don't think, is the case oh, anymore. Oh, no way. I mean, he's uh, been lost in it. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, a lot of people were saying, you know, this is between, like, during that rookie campaign of Kuzma and Tatum and just some of the other guys, a lot of people, a lot of people you know, I, I from what I remember, I believe it went, uh, 
was Ben Simmons also considered a rookie that year? I'm not 100% sure. He might have been that year. Uh, but if but if not, at least for the actual guys that were that were serious rookies, I believe I'm pretty sure it was between Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, yeah, and and, and Kyle Kuzma for the most part. Uh, I I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I remember that being kind of the big race at the time. Yeah, and some people were like, you know, what Kuzma's better than Tatum, uh, Kuzma's better than some of these other guys, and it was like, you know, Kuzma, 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 and you know, fast forward a couple of years, and you know, a lot of people don't think that he's that guy anymore. He's not. Yeah, no way. I, he hasn't been playing like it. No, and I'm—I mean, especially sharing minutes with guys like LeBron and AD, it's going to be tough. Yeah, like I said, he's lost in it, and this brings this brings me to uh, your your question. Do you, think, do you think they do you think they try to go for a super team, or do you try or do you keep the Corey that one of you the chip? Um, I can see why the Lakers front office would want to keep that that same squad around, but I really think there's going to be uh, too much talent with all the other factors coming back into the league next year. Or, you, you almost have to make some off-season changes, some major ones, because while that Lakers team was, was able to cruise through the playoffs relatively easily, uh, I don't think with all those other factors that we talk about, uh, the possibility of crowds, we talk about home court advantages, traveling, everything that we didn't see in the bubble, uh, coming back into the league, uh, I think you'd be stupid not, not to, to add some big names to your team. Yeah, I mean, if I mean CP3 is one of those guys that is being discussed. Uh uh, you know, I, LeBron and C, LeBron and Paul are obviously, you know, great friends with each other. Uh, we had talked on this show previously about, you know, Chris Paul possibly going to a team like the Bucks, but if the Lakers could have their, if you know, well, re- really LeBron because he's the GM of that team pretty much yeah, at this point. Much, yeah. uh, if he could have his way and get and get his buddy Chris Paul to team up with him for the first time, and you know, Melo at yeah. this point is basically just signing vet men deals. Uh, if if he could get him as well, I think that you know LeBron would be. Yeah, the move. I do like the moves. I really do. I don't. I don't think the the possibility of Melo going into LA, like a move move between Portland and LA, would would be as likely as something like Chris Paul. But I think it would be pretty likely. I mean, I don't know if I don't. It know seems if Mel- like the I don't know if Melo. I know Melo. Like the Blazers are pretty attached to to Carmelo Anthony. They do seem pretty attached. I'll give him that. But if but I I don't know if he's on a one year deal. And if LeBron gets if LeBron gets Melo on the phone and says and says hey. I know. I know. We wanted to try that super team ten years ago. If you want to really, if you want to, you know, try to go yeah. for it now. I know we're a little older, but uh, why not go for <laughs> yeah, it now? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I but mean, I, I, that's going to be a tough sell for Carmelo to, to turn down a second time, especially with the with the Warriors coming back in the league next year. Yeah, a team that a lot of people are going to forget about, and the fact that if Melo was to go on this team, he has a shot to end his career with a ring, which exactly. which has a, which has you know alerted him profound for impact. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know whether he whether you want to say uh, he earned it as the main guy or not, he can put on his resume that hey I was an NBA champion. Exactly. Um, let me ask you this: Carmelo Anthony without a ring, Hall of Famer, yes or no? Yes. You think so? Yes. I I say so. Not even just because of the NBA stats. I mean, it's the the it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's true. So there's a lot of stuff that people look at. A lot of people will look at his days at Syracuse. His NBA resume is also extremely, uh, you know, is also extremely talented as well. Uh, but uh, uh, a lot of things that people are going to say that is going to be, uh, believe it or not, is going to be one of the things that definitely gets him into the hall is the impact that he's had on Team USA. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, when, mm, when you yep. think it's, when you think it's of Team back, USA, man. yeah. I mean, uh, during the 2016 during the 2016 Olympics. Uh, and leading up to it, a lot of people were saying, you know, Car- Carmelo Anthony really just isn't a good team player. He, you know, he's kind of selfish with the ball. But when, but for some reason, Team USA, Carmelo Anthony, is just a different guy. He he becomes he becomes you know a, he you know really becomes you know 
willing to share the ball with with other guys. Uh, you know, it's it's a very different player than you see in than you see with NBA Carmelo. Yeah, I uh, you're talking about Team USA Carmelo Anthony. Something I completely looked over. Yeah. I would have said no, not a Hall of Famer that a ring, but basketball Hall of Fame tends to uh, not really uh, regard rings when when choosing players. Like you said, it's the basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I I very specifically remember watching the 2012 Olympics and. Uh, um, it was it was Team USA versus some uh, African nation. I can't remember the name specifically, but uh, this man hit like twelve or thirteen threes. Yeah, in I one mean, game, it was ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, so that's gonna factor into it. Uh, and I also think that you know he does have enough of an NBA. Uh, uh, he's had success in Denver. He was able to be decent in New York. I think that he will have an, enough to you know get him in the Hall of Fame, and the hype alone will get him in. Definitely. Yeah. So I think oh, that, yeah, he's definitely a big name that you hear all the time. And if Carmelo Anthony isn't a Hall of Famer, then, then people are going to, you know, be all up in arms. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I 100% uh, think that he will be a Hall of Famer. By all the those, end, those angry that. Knicks fans. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, but we were talking about uh, the Lakers gearing up uh, as a way to, you know, hopefully, you know, defend against some, you know, against a lot of new talents coming back. We talked about the Golden State Warriors. Another, another you know, uh, possible, you know, threat to their championship coming out of the east is going to be the brooklyn nets yeah uh you know kyrie irving uh did decent with that squad i mean he got up he got him to a playoffs but he ended up sitting out i think i believe due to injury Mm -hmm. uh you know kyrie was toxic in boston to say the least oh yeah Uh, i mean wow uh but you know he managed to he basically kind of just played like like i mean very style very similar to his style he plays a street ball style offense oh yeah uh so he was able to you know bring that out in you know, with with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, but he is gonna ha- finally have the guy that he went there for, Kevin Durant, uh, come back next year. Kevin Durant obviously went down with that terrible, terrible Achilles injury mm-hmm. in the in the 2019 Finals. Uh, sat out all of this year. Uh, you know, even there were some reports of him come back before Corona. You know, ended up doing ended up doing its thing. There were even some reports that Kevin Durant had speculated possibly playing for Team USA. Yeah. Right. And when I I remember hearing that story and. You know, I remember people were all up in arms about that, just saying, just saying, if this guy can't come in, you know, play for this net squad, but he's going to go out there and possibly risk his career playing for Team USA, which I was like, I mean, Team USA, you got a chance to win a gold medal, which is, you yeah. know, some which some players, believe it or not, actually view higher than a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I was like, you know what? I mean, he can go for it, uh, but you know, he is going to be back next year. Do you think Kevin Durant is going to be able to return to the Kevin Durant of old? I really think he will. Uh, I- the the Kyrie Irving uh, duo in Brooklyn yeah. gives me some sort of concern. A because Kyrie Irving has just proven time and time and again that he's a toxic player. Yeah, he and, is a cancer. In that and B room. because Kyrie Irving, when's the last time he's actually played a full season of basketball? True, he does play. He does play on like a on like a high school schedule. Exactly. He's, where, he's where it's like he, where it's like days off. Like yeah, he'll play. He'll play a solid. He'll play you know a high school amount of games and then he'll be out for a little bit and then. He'll try to make another run yeah. at it, and you know he his style and just injury concerns. I mean, he's had he's had a knee injury that's you know prolonged that's kind of aided him and you know been a problem for him for a while. Uh, you know, it it's very much a problem. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not really a sustainable play style, especially from a superstar like like Kyrie. Uh, if I if I'm coaching the, the Nets, Steve Nash, uh, you got to expect more from from Kyrie than yeah. that. Uh, yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. It is going to be more more of a referendum on can't. Yeah. I'm not of can Kevin Durant get back, but you know how can Kyrie? Because it's still you're still yeah. establishing a duo, and in the duo you need you need both sides to pull their weight. 
Uh, you got two superstars. I have no doubts that KD will come in and, and keep doing his thing. Yeah. Pick up right where he left off in the 2019 finals. Yeah. I think that he'll be able to be just fine. Uh, I'm not too worried about it, but, you know, an Achilles injury, a guy, and, you know, the Achilles is a tough injury to come back from. The only one that has really been able to ever come back and, you know, beat play at that similar level or be better, uh, you know, consistently. Uh, the only real guy who's ever really been able to do that in the NBA is Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Uh, he was able to come back and, you know, look like himself. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than, other than that, the Achilles injury has, you know, a, has really kind of damaged a lot of NBA careers. You think of Kobe, who had his Achilles injury in 2013, really was never the same again. Yeah, no. Uh, so that I do have my concerns, but I do think that Kevin Durant, especially playing, you know, he, he you know, even at his height, he, it, he, you know, it's kind of a deception kind yeah. of thing because, you know, you'd think at, you know, being like seven feet tall, he's going to be all, you know, all around being down low, but he really isn't that. He's, you know, going to be taking those shots on the outside and, you know, uh, you know, he will go inside, but it's not as con it's not as much as we think that he does. Yeah, and I know you're talking about uh, shifting back to Kyrie a little bit. I know you're talking a little bit about Kyrie leading the Nets to their playoff spot this year. You really think that his impact was was that large to consider to consider him the main the main source of success when they were finding their playoff spot? I mean, obviously that obviously the Nets do have a ton of other talent on that squad. Uh, you know, Allen Allen at center is really good for them, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd say that Kyrie was at least able to get, you know, a, 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 you know, able to fire up those guys enough. Yeah. Uh, what? I don't know. I think that I think I will say that he did have enough to, you know, impact that squad. He had some highlights. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Let's let's hope he can come out and lead that team because yeah. that's really what Kyrie Irving lacks is his leadership. Nobody want nobody wants to look up to Kyrie Irving in the locker room. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Obviously, that's not a fact, but. Would you want to look up to Kyrie Irving in the locker room? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to look up to him. No way. Uh, yeah, so that's really all. That's really all that the NBA really has going on right now, especially you know since the fact that they're they're just entering their off season. So uh, we're gonna have to see some whatever stories end up happening in the draft as that as that you know becomes uh, as that starts uh, you know eventually start itself up. But we're but that's really just an unknown at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know another. Uh, so let's shift over to MLB before we you know, almost go down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, so in the MLB, uh, the Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, some very, you know, ca very, uh, you know, very much in the style of Atlanta teams. Very predictable. Very right. predictable, yes. yeah. Uh, blew a 3-1 lead to the L.A. Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers have moved on to the World Series to face the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Rays also almost blew a 3-0 lead, yep. which – uh, hadn't, which hadn't been done since the 2004 Yankees, and you know they're the only team to ever do that. Please mm -hmm. remember that. Uh, so, you know, I, but the uh, the Astros did go down in seven games. Thank God. Uh, but you know the Atlanta Braves. You know they're a very young squad. I thought they were going to have a. I thought you know the Dodgers were you know uh, going to get knocked out again. I thought Clayton Kershaw's uh, postseason struggles were going to come back to haunt his team again, but. Uh, you know they get extremely lucky. They managed to beat they managed to beat the Atlanta Braves, move on to the World Series. Uh, you know they're going to be a squad that's going to be able to come back and re and you know I think be able to you know be able to work work themselves out of this. They're very young. Uh, their pitching's a little uh, is a little iffy, but their offense is is heavily loaded. Yep. I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and so in the World Series, uh, game one was last night. Uh, the uh, we we saw Clayton Kershaw face off against Tyler Glasnow. Two great arms. Kershaw actually, you know, believe it or not, had had a solid postseason outing. Uh, I believe he went six innings, got the dub, uh, only gave a one earned run. Had to believe about. Let's see, 
I'd have to take a I'd have to take a look. But he had eight strikeouts on only one walk. Uh, Glasnow, who you know typically is really soft for them, really really struggled. Uh, he only went four he only went four and a third, uh, six earned runs. Uh, did have did have I believe around the same amount of Ks, uh, but he also gave a, a I, from what I can see it's about five or six walks. So you know not the adding not the type of numbers you need to see in order if you're trying to win a if you're trying to win a World Series game. Uh, not something you can do. I mean, the Dodgers mm-hmm. won that game eight to three. Mookie Betts had himself a had himself a had himself a pretty you know good series. Yep. Uh, at least in that first game, he had a home run. Uh, so the Dodgers, you know, it seems like they're really cruising right now. Uh, let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It I is mean, a, if, if we've seen anything in the past, it's it's game one. It is. I'm specifically talking about Clayton Kershaw. I will not get my hopes up yet. It 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 is only game one. Yep. So I will give you that. Uh, but you know tonight the Rays are going to hopefully the Rays are going to counter with you know uh, former Cy Young winner Blake Snell. Uh, the Dodgers are going to go with Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Gonsolin is you know he's he's he he had himself uh, he's he's a solid arm, but uh, he had some struggles in the NLCS. So it's uh, he's also pitching on two days rest, which for a pitcher is killer. Yeah. Uh, but I do have but the reason I do have some faith in that Dodgers pitching is. Because Kershaw went so long, the Dodgers bullpen is going to be pretty fresh going into this game. Mm-hmm. So I do think that the Dodgers can, you know, hold on. But Blake Snell is a Blake Snell is a tough pitcher to face. Dodgers so, are the Dodgers your pick to take it home this year? After seeing the game one that they had, uh, unless the Rays really come out in this game and and you know just completely shut them down, and Blake Snell is a nail for this team, uh, I. Uh, if, if the Dodgers just look like this, then I then I re- then I really don't know if the Rays can counter. But yeah, yeah. game two is tonight. It starts at eight o'clock, which will be pretty soon. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, and before we go down to the wire, uh, we also there were also some news about Rob Manfred, uh, you know, saying that the changes that are happening in the MLB, like um, uh, uh, like the runner starting on second base and an expanded playoffs, he is a fan of that. I don't. I mean, the expanded playoffs. I could see possibly working in the future. I. I mean, I don't like it because uh, it's basically including half the teams. So I don't. I'm not too big a fan of like, you, you know, you know, you finish in third in your division uh, and you really having a shot at the playoffs. I'm not too big a fan of that. I think that it should be uh, between the the yeah, between the division winners and then whatever two wild guard teams are lucky enough to take that. Gotcha. That's how I really think it should be. Uh, but that's just me personally. But. Uh, the runner on second base is just, is just really unprofessional, and I don't think that it should be sticking. I don't think that MLB fans are the biggest fan of it, even though Manfred says differently. Uh, it really just seems like a it really just seems like like some backyard baseball type stuff, and yeah. I don't think it's the best idea. Oh, you're right. There, there's other ways you could you could promote the this whole like, uh, source of something new and modern and fun and yeah, but not that. You're yeah. right. Unprofessional. Uh, but yeah, no. So it is currently 7:59, about to be eight o'clock. Uh, that means we are officially down to the wire, which, to the wire. which means we are going to go through everything, uh, you know, at, at, you know, just in rapid Lightning speech. speeds. Yeah, Lightning trying to, speed. Trying to catch up on everything before we head off for the night and see you guys on Friday. Definitely. Uh, so in the NFL, Pats, Pats had a rough loss to Denver. Current, that dropped them to two and three on the season. Uh, you know, we're really just going to see how they can adjust after this. Cam Newton said that, they, that there's no need to press the panic button, but there is some panic setting in. Uh, you know, in... Uh, in Miami, in the same and the AFC East, uh, Tuatunga Viola was named the starter for the Miami Dolphins, uh, at, and he will be taking the spot of Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is doing fairly solid for them. Uh, in in the in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers are you know are remaining pretty competitive with the Baltimore Ravens. They are currently five and zero. The Ravens are five and one, looking pretty solid. 
the the Tennessee Titans are also five and zero, and you know they seem to be you know looking like a looking like a new you know form uh, New England Patriots team according to Dan Adams in the chat. Uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints have discussed a possible move to LSU's Tiger Stadium in a, in a way to get fans in the stands. Uh, the mayor has the New Orleans mayor has basically forced their hands at this as they have as they have imposed uh, much harsher sh- sanctions than the rest of the state. Uh, the Cowboys are still first in the NFC East, but have dropped to two and four after a tough loss to the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. And the Seattle Seahawks are currently looking to sign AB after his suspension is over. Uh, there are other teams in the mix. In the NBA, Kevin Durant uh, is set to return from an eight, from an Achilles injury next year. Uh, we think that he's going to be just fine. Uh, in LA, we we think that the Lakers should gun for a super team. And in New Orleans, the Pelicans have named Stan Van Gundy to be their next head coach. Van Gundy is most notable for leading the Magic to the finals in 2009. The in the MLB, the Atlanta Braves blow yet another. You, you know, the city of Atlanta blows yet another lead. This time, it's the Braves uh, against the Dodgers. Uh, you know, dropping that series, dropping you know that series three one after they were up. Uh, the it in the World Series we have Rays versus Dodgers. Uh, in Game One, the Dodgers just absolutely you know went off. In Game Two tonight we have Blake Smell, Blake Snell versus Tony Gonzalez. Uh, in MLB, Rob Manfred has said that he is a fan of the current MLB rules. So we talked about all that during the show. If you guys missed it, uh, you know this is going to be on Instagram later, if, and you can watch it back here. You've been listening to, to WJMF eighty-eight point seven HD two Smithfield Providence, or you've been listening to, or you've been listening at WJMFradio.com or on Facebook. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in so much. We'll be back on Friday. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Carter Adams, and this has been Down on the Wire. We'll see you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all the support.